I'm Ninja Sista. And I'm Pandalicious. And this is the Ashcast. This is Electric Sisterhood, podcast episode number 621. It's not a progress bar if it stops progressing. This is Electric Sisterhood, home of the original. The fucking original. Girl Gaming to Gadget and Anime Podcast. I am Ninja Sister. And I'm Pandalicious. Welcome to a brand new episode of our weekly podcast, Panda. Hey, bro. How you doing, girl? I'm alive. I'm breathing. Again, winning. You you gotta celebrate the little victories. There are ups and there's downs. There's ins and there's outs. Mm, In and out. That sounds Mm. real good right now. Wish I wasn't on the East Coast, but whatever. You know, you you do what you can do, you know? Give me some Shake Shack, I guess. Yeah, that's like your best equiv. (laughs) Because Tasty Burger don't cut it. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It does not. Mm -mm. You are right. Mm-mm. But anyway, enough about food. Let's talk about some video games and some anime and some other stuff. Cause like food for a, our souls. There's really like there's a lot going on. You know, we are on Kingdom Hearts Eve. Uh, yep. Put my pre put my pre order in on Friday. There you go. Did you did you hear about GameStop canceling some people's uh, PS4 Pro <gasps> Kingdom Hearts Three bundles? Yes, yes, I did. Okay, now we got to talk about this because sure. here's the deal. We all know that pre-ordering is a racket, right? Mm-hmm. We know this. We accept this. There are some things that, you know, you pre-order because you, you want to make sure that you can play it moment one, and that's fine. I don't have anything against pre-orders. I do some pre-orders still for that specific reason, so I can download digitally early, so I can start as soon as, like, I'm ready to start and the game is physically available, right? Right. And I also see value in some of the special edition console bundles. You know, if you've been waiting for a console or let's say that there's, you know, something on your console that's going on the fritz, so you're due to get a new console. If there is a console that is designed around a favorite game of yours, I also don't see any problem with getting that console bundle with the game. You know, I I think that you know, if if I've been having problems with my PlayStation 4, I can guarantee you I absolutely would have picked up that gorgeous white edition Destiny PlayStation box when I was getting ready to buy Destiny 2, you know, if if I was having problems with the console, you know, or if I needed a backup console. Knock on wood, my PS4 has been rock solid from day one when I got it, so I don't have an issue. My day one Xbox, however, I am having some drive issues with it. You know, so I I will be getting a Xbox 4K box, you know, an Xbox One X, when I pick up a 4K TV. Because to me, then there's a benefit. You know, I can right. retire my day one box and I will have a... 4K box paired to a 4K TV. Right now, I don't have a 4K TV or 4K monitor, and I'm not playing on my Xbox enough that my drive issue is an impedance, especially because my drive issue is really my external drive. 
it's not the internal drive. Okay. So, I mean, so... it's an easier issue to fix, but I figure I might as well just because I want to move to a 4K system to begin with, because I want to trickle down all my gear. You know, I want to get a 4K Apple TV connected to a 4K TV and then have my 4K Xbox, because that's primarily where I game is on my Xbox. That makes sense to do that upgrade, you know, in that whole life cycle as opposed to piecemealing it out, right? Right. But what I do think is really a dick move by a retailer is to let people pre-order a collectible console, which basically this is, when they know what number they're going to have and to allow their pre-orders to go beyond what their initial inventory is going to be and then days before everything is supposed to ship, which the date was even pushed back a week, which means they've known for quite a while what their entire inventory of these boxes was going to be. Right. To then days before it's going to ship when people are thinking, I've got this PS4 coming and this game coming on launch day to less than a week away, get an email saying, oops, so sorry. No, there's no oops in that. I'm sorry. There's no oops in that. And we'll give you like a $25 store credit for the Yeah, fuck you in your face. Fuck it. Fuck you. Fuck your mom. Don't fuck your mom. Don't but. fuck your mom. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it is where my innocent, you know, my inner Bostonian comes down. I was like, kid, like, nah. Like, this... Nah, like, bro. What the, what, the, what the fuck you starting here? Like, this is some bullshit. Like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Okay? Yeah, and so no. there's been quite a few people that have been calling customer service and continuing to get the same line of, you know, due to unforeseen circumstances, we're not able to fulfill the order at this time. You know, your card hasn't been charged and we're going to give you $25 credit. $25 doesn't get shit at GameStop except a GameStop gift card, which once again, <laughs> doesn't get shit at GameStop unless you're you buying li- you like lying, a plushie. Bro. Not lying. You Not know, even. Like, like a decent plushie nowadays is like $27. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, so maybe some thumb guards? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's, that's not... The fuck is right. Especially if for, you know, some of these people, it was probably their console that they were getting. They didn't have or don't have a PS4 to begin with. You know, because again, <sighs> there are people that get these these consoles when a collectible console comes out. And finally, a game comes out that they actually want on that platform. So I just think it's just really bad form all the way around on GameStop's part. I, I don't think that they did enough ahead, you know, to fix it. Like, if they had said two weeks ago, hey, we're having supply issues. We're not going to be able to honor all of these. We're going to honor as many as we possibly can. In the interim, for those people that we're not going to be able to fulfill on launch day, we're going to keep your back order and we're going to give you a $50 credit. I think that would have been a much better deal because at least for me, then I would have been like, okay, do I really want to wait for this console or not? If I just want the console, then I'm going to go ahead and cancel my order myself. I'm still going to have this $50 credit. I'll use that towards the purchase of a different PlayStation console. So at least we'll have my console, a console, before the game comes out. And then I'll just get the game. Like, you would give people opportunities for options. You take right. all of that away when you wait to the last minute. And so I just think it's it's bad business. It was bad PR. They mishandled it again. And it's just another thing that I think, you know, is another nail in the coffin of this is why more people have turned to 
online storefronts like in Amazon and like, you know, even some of your Targets and Walmarts online to go and get their games as opposed to GameStop because of situations like this. I agree. Yeah. And that just, I think, leaves a nasty taste in the entire community's mouth. Like, I completely stopped shopping at GameStop. I I stopped my Power Up Rewards thing. I, I stopped pre-ordering through them because I just got tired of not getting my pre-orders on time, not getting my bonuses on time, not getting any kind of actual like trade-in value, which supposedly having a Power Up's reward would give you even more, you know, than the baseline trade-in value. So you'd get more dollars for your trade-ins mm-hmm. on stuff. And that just turned out to be bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, for me bullshit. Mel. And so, you know, primarily I am now pre-ordering games directly through the digital stores on my consoles or I'm getting them from Amazon. I yeah. don't fuck with GameStop nope. anymore because it's just becoming too rampant. It's... I feel like they got real complacent with the, hey, we survived everybody else going under, so, like, gamers aren't going to have a choice if they want to Oh, no. To, Ga- you know, gamers get will always in- find a way. Exactly. Okay? If life like- finds a way, gamers find a way. And I, just, I feel really bad, you know, for, for people that have had their pre-orders canceled on them. You know, we one of our good friends, you know, had his pre-order canceled on him. Now he's okay because he's got a backup PlayStation, but but still though, you know, he like, had to go not to a secondary is place that prepared, right? And he had to go to a secondary place in order to be able to get the game because they canceled the whole thing. So it wasn't that you just didn't get the console, the special edition Kingdom Hearts console. It was the console plus the game, so they had no game now coming. See, like, mm-mm. on the 29th. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Like, that's some bullshit. Oh. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that there's going to be, like, a crazy run where you're not going to be able to get your hands on Kingdom Hearts. You might have to do a digital download as opposed to I mean, you, a physical you might disc. have more issues with the heart attacks you have as you play through the game. But, you know, I mean, you're not going to have a problem getting the game. You're not going to have a problem getting the game because I think that, you know, Target's going to have plenty. Your your brick and mortars are going to have, you know, cartridges, discs in stock. And then there's always digital. The beautiful thing about digital downloads is digital downloads don't run out. As long as the servers are up, digital downloads are available. So if you've got the space to do it, you can get it moment one. Right. You know, so so that's less of an issue, but it really is a big inconvenience, and it's just kind of a big thumb in the face in the noses of the gaming community and the people that you're supposed to serve, and it really pissed me the fuck off. Not that I did it. Like, I'd right. be even more pissed off if, like, I had done the pre-order and mine was canceled. I I would be on a massive tirade. There would be a lot more anger in my voice, but I'm just, I'm really disappointed in GameStop, and I don't know why I kind of expected more, but I am. That being said, maybe I'm it's still... because we want to believe the good. Maybe, in... like I, because like, I, I who, do think... who doesn't believe in you know someone you know seeing the error of their ways and like becoming that person that they were always meant to be. Look, and I, I think I enjoy for businesses, a redemption story. Like I feel like we want businesses to be better. 
but you I th- have to I think so. I think so, you know, and who doesn't enjoy a good redemption story or you know, I'm all about a redemption kid, arc. You know, I'm I'm all for, you know, the person that's able to do the 180 and get to the good place, you know what I mean? But like I just don't see it happening for GameStop and I, I've always tried to be the person that plays devil's advocate when people are like, ah, the place is shit and the whole thing is shit and the whole system is shit. And I'm like, well, let's not let's not do that because, you know, there are a lot of people that don't have great high speed Internet. So digital copies are not an option for them. And so physical copies are still their thing. And they may not have, you know, a target that has a big video game you know, section. So they're only bringing in four or five of like the key moving titles, you know, that are going to be there. So they don't have wide access to these games. And so GameStop still serve a purpose, you know, for, for that sector of the community, which it's not the whole community, but it is a big chunk of the community and, and they need resources as well. You know, so you, you want for there to be a good resource for them. And so it's just a it's just a massive fucking over and I don't like it and I think it's bullshit and I really want GameStop to get their act together because digital storefronts are coming for that ass and in a major way, you know, like and, ding dong is your mom home? Oh, I love this decor. Like right. it's giving good parent. It and, is getting in. And the thing is is, you know, supposedly EB World has been doing so well north of our border, that they may be coming back. and <gasps> Electronic boutique? You know what I mean? And, like, mm. I never had anything less than a great experience at an EB World. You know, I'm, like we just said, I'm all about a comeback redemption arc. Right. Like, all the fucking way. Right. Like, like, EB always had, every time I went to, and we had two, at our two like big malls. We well, we had one at the, the ghetto big... mall and then one at the the better mall, <laughs> right? Which now, what was the ghetto mall is a it's better like, mall. It is now. How the times have changed, right? And then we have dope ass mall. Okay, we got the Simon Mall and then we got the not Simon Mall. Okay, and at the time, both of those malls had an EB, and they were, I'm I'm put money on this right now, the best stores in both of those malls. Everybody in the place was knowledgeable about games, knowledgeable about, you know, their stock that they had. You could describe a game even if you didn't know the name of the game, and they would get you to it, or they would find somebody in the joint who knew it, and if they didn't, they'd call the other store to see if somebody over there knew it. Like, it was just a great experience. They stocked always the coolest stuff. Like, the EB was the place that had the replica weapons before GameStop did that. Because GameStop just did games and controllers. And the EB world, like, had plushies and costumes and replica weapons. And, yeah, they were behind the glass case. But, like, if you talked nicely to the employees, they would take them out of the case and let you check them out. And, like... I always had a great experience there, and it, I only went to GameStop because EB pulled out. They went under. They left the U.S. They continued on in Canada and in other places, and they've just been doing well in those other places. So, you know, I'm ready for EB to make a comeback, and I think if they come back with the quality of what they were, GameStop has a real fucking problem. problem. Yeah, for real. So, like, this kind of thing, they got to fix and they got to fix it fast because it's a problem. You know, like when I ordered my day one Xbox, okay, I ordered my day one Xbox while I was at the media briefing at E3. I remember. Okay. 
and I ordered it through GameStop. And they told me I was confirmed. By the time I got home from the trip, they were like, uh, actually, yours is back ordered. And I was like, this is some bullshit. And I went to Amazon and ordered a day one system from there. Canceled my GameStop one. Because I got my day one from Amazon. And if I stayed with my back ordered one from GameStop, it would have been a month and a half before my box shipped. And you would have been behind. Everybody. Everybody. You know, so I just think it's some bullshit. I just, I had to talk about it because it's bad business and it just, why do we, why do we allow our businesses to still perform this way? Well, the thing is, I don't think that we do. I think that you've seen, you know, just in how difficult a time GameStop has been having in the last couple of years because people have been shifting to other places. More people I know are doing pre-orders either directly from the publisher from the digital storefront on their console, or they're frankly doing their pre-orders at other big box stores like Walmarts and Targets. True. You're right. So I think that shift is... Ha- I I think that we're not putting up from it as much. We just were hopeful that like the place that has game in its name is going to get more boxes, get more game titles, get more stuff than we expect the Target, and the Walmart to get. Mm. Right? Like, you don't think of, like, when I want to get games and I want to go to a game center, you're not thinking right off the top of your head, Walmart. No. No. You're not. Like I have Walmart not walked is like into my... a Walmart in, like, seven months. It's low been key, a while. Low-key, Walmart is my backup stop of, a, like, I need a quick controller, you know, because GameStops have really stupid hours. You would think they would be open late because gamers, nope. No, got, of course I not. I got a 24-hour Walmart. So when I have a controller that goes bad, the first place that I go is Walmart because it's usually five to six bucks cheaper than it is at GameStop because they have that stupid markup. And the Walmart's open 24 hours. So if I need a controller at 1030, I know where I can go to get it. And it's not GameStop. Because yeah. I love Amazon, but Amazon, I got to wait a day. And if I'm trying and also, to figure out I have to, now, I have to say sometimes Amazon, with that two-day ship, it's not really two-day. No. Well, I got Prime, like, so. And, so, you know, and if I'm paying for two-day ship, I want that two-day ship. Right. I have Prime, so I'm trying to get that next day free. That's, that's right? where I'm living. I mean, I'm just I'm saying, I have Prime, Prime, and, like, Prime is usually real good, but there have been, and I have to say, mm-hmm. I have to give props to Amazon to this, because, you know, like, those times where, like, I've been primed, it was supposed to be two days, like, supposed to get it, and, like, if something happened, I got an email within the first 24 hours, yep. and they also, like, refunded me a certain portion of that that sale back mm-hmm. like that has yep. happened more times than i can count and i'm like right. thank and you and that's Amazon. an automatic thing like you didn't have to go search that out no they caught it before it even Again, hit me to the look preemptive thing right and it makes you feel confident in buying with them because you know it's either going to get there in two days or you're going to know within a day that it's not and, and you're going to get some money back to they're going to do a make blow. good yeah right yeah. okay this phony baloney ass make good on GameStar's part, it's just that. It's phony AF. I'm out. Like, I'm out. Like, I just want to... I want to live my most authentic self, and I want businesses that I align to to also live their most authentic selves. Right, and authentically, GameStop is shit. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I guess they are living their authentic selves. They are. 
I guess, I guess. You just have so. to accept them as they are. I just, I just want them to be better. I know, but they can't do it. They can't do it. They can't do it. They time and time again, they just keep proving they can't do it. But on the Kingdom Hearts front, you know, I, I am definitely very, very excited for the game. While I have been waiting mm-hmm. for Kingdom Hearts, the, this past weekend was Anthem's open play VIP weekend. Oh, were you, uh, how fun has that been? So let me tell you about my experience. <laughs> uh, I got my I got my hot scalded tea. You got ready. your tea ready? You should probably got also my get some ready. popcorn ready. Because I'm ready. about to read the shit out of EA. Ooh, the library is open, girl. Okay, let's adjust these glasses. So I have been very excited for Anthem. I know. I feel we... like you're one of the only people, too, that I've heard who's like, you know what? Anthem's coming. <laughs> I probably am one of the only people that, you know, is like, Anthem! Because Anthem really seemed to be, from everything that I've seen, the trailers that I've watched, you know, some of the 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 dev stuff that I've seen on the game, because uh, I've been trolling the website like crazy, It one, it is a game from Bioware. So when you look at Anthem, you, you know, we made the joke early on that a lot of the resources that should have been focused on Mass Effect Andromeda probably got pulled off of Andromeda and put on to Anthem. And that's why Andromeda shipped the way it did. Mm. Who knows how much validity there is to that or theory or not. But Anthem very much seemed like a marriage of really two of my more favorite games and genres. It seemed to be a marriage of Titanfall and Destiny. And by that, what I mean is you have this massive open world that you are really to get the most balanced experience running through in a crew of three. So you got a squad, very much like Destiny. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to load out a tank. You want to load out, you know, your rogue and you want to load out, you know, your kind of middle of the road, you know, just brawler fighter. Okay. So you have different mechs in the games, different mech suits that your characters play, pilot. And you basically are venturing out into the world on these different missions to take out the bad guys, to bring back more resources to your colony. And what I liked about the story was that the core canon is that there there was this group, this legendary group, that was led by a woman who was, the, you know, the first of the mech suit pilots um, to guard the city. And so the lore is all based off of all of the anthems, all of the mechs fighters that have come after are all walking in her footsteps. Well, I'm all for a female lead, even if it's in your historical canon. You know, I, I love that. And Sign me up. I'm a, I'm on board. I see right, what you're doing. Right. And it looks absolutely gorgeous. And as always, I enjoy mechs and I enjoy the pew pew. So when you put the mech together with the pew with, pew. I mean, most times when you have a mech, your mech has the pew pew, right? Like how many mechs games have you ever inquired, like ever played that you had mechs that didn't pew pew? I mean, there are some mechs that, like, you know, weren't necessarily, like, pew-pew, but were, like, builder mechs. 
Okay. You know, and so you can have, you know, tanks that are not necessarily firing tanks, but are shields, so they don't really have, like, strong weapons, so it's not really useful to use their weapon, but really to actually use them as the brute force tank shield, you know. But to your point, again, it's a gorgeous game made by Bioware, merging two of my more favorite things to use, to play, to be able to pilot, to be able to play as in games. So, like, I was down. I believe, I said very early on, take my money. And this yep. was on the heels of Andromeda. Because I stuck through Andromeda and I finished Core Story. I let them get through all their patches. Okay? And once they got Rush. through all their patches, Andromeda was you are uh, so nice. And look, I, I, I believe in the Mass Effect franchise. And I also believe that Andromeda was meant to be so much more and and giving the devs the chance to properly finish the game. Very much like people that stood by No Man's Sky and now look at where it is now. That's true. You know, people, so people held out for it and it, right. and it and it paid, you know, so you can't always throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I feel like that's especially true now in this digital age where we live, where DLC is so prevalent and patches are so prevalent. You know, before, you know, 10 years ago, you bought a game on a disc. That was the game. There was no downloadable content that you there could There was add. no more after that. Right. You're on right. console. On PC, right. that was different. But on console, the disc was the game. So if they shipped Golden Master broken, you had no chance and they had no chance to fix it. Unless they reshipped the game. And that did not happen. <laughs> okay? Right. You know, but now in this digital age, you can release a game. And if, you know, after you've pressed all your discs, you've found an issue, you can release a day one patch that can be downloaded right then so that the player never experiences that brokenness. So I feel like you do need to, especially with the investment that you've made, because let's be honest, we're plunking down between 30 to, you know, 150, depending upon which edition you're getting. On a game, you've got to give the developers the opportunity that if there is a problem and now they can patch it, to live through a patch. Okay, if it takes three patches on launch day to fix a problem, you can definitely throw some shade and some side eye, but respect the fact that they can patch it. And they right. put in the effort to patch it, right? I mean, I, so, I feel like now, at least from what I've heard from, because uh, I, I do have some uh, friends who, you know, work in games, fairly big ones too, where I have heard that they already have teams working on, like, they already have an idea of what may or may not work mm-hmm. on release day. Yep. And they already have dedicated teams working on whatever those issues are. Generally, it happens more for PC than than console. Mm -hmm. But I've heard that, you know, bigwigs already have dedicated, you know, patching teams already ready, already kind of working on those. They're hoping to get that fixed before Golden Master, obviously, before it gets pressed. But if they don't, they do have that contingency and that backup. Right, and, so. and and you want to have that. So let's fast forward. Very excited about the game. I had not pre-ordered Anthem yet. Oh. Just because, you know, Pocket's a little light, had to pay the mortgage. Nope. So no, I I understand. Big girl pants on, okay. And the, game doesn't, first. and the game doesn't come out until the 21st of February, so I've got some time. I was like, whereas, like, Kingdom Hearts, like, is going down this January. So, like, 
So I'm like, I got some time. I don't have to pre-order it. But I was looking forward to the VIP weekend. I subscribe to EA Pass's thing. And so, you know, that lets me in without having to pre-order the game. So I'm like, I'm down. I'm going to preload this sucker. And when I get back from work, I'm going to jump in. All right. So I had not been on the internet to hear about the difficulties people were having. All I had seen were that a couple of my favorite streamers over on Mixer had been playing the game and it looked absolutely amazing. And I was just like, I need to be in this. Like I was watching my friend Moto, who uh, if you haven't checked her out, please do. Uh, Mixer.com slash Moto was playing the game and she was literally in her mech suit flying over this gorgeous lush canopy of trees and then engaging in fire in a firefight. And I was like, I want to go to dare. So I was really looking forward to the end of the day, got home Got my pizza, was ready to, like, just dig in a game. Yeah, like, my Friday night, you know, game night is primarily pizza, chips, and, like, let's go with whatever game I'm going to play until I fall asleep on the couch with a controller in my hand. And then my husband wakes me up and was like, babe, you should go to bed. And I say, you're not my dad. And I play some more. (laughs) You're Uh, not my dad. But, but... Jump into the game, and it looks great. It's all from, you know, first person. And I like the fact that, like, the default choice for, you know, what kind of voice you want for your character is female or male, with female on the top. Again, following the line of the canon of the, you know, first Anthem Fighter being a woman. Liked that, so I picked female voice. Um, I didn't get to customize my character, so it's not like I could make her the skin tone that I wanted. And I think that's just... um, in the demo, uh, I think you do have some control over your character overall. I'm not sure. But I picked my female character and then started wandering around the town. You start off in your town. And uh, a bunch of characters that are in, like, this little marketplace you can't talk to yet. Like, this is available in the full game. This is available in the full game. Basically, what you can do right now is you can free play. So you can we can drop you on a map. And you can just play with, like, a bunch of people. Play against a bunch of people. And just, like blow a bunch of things up. And I was like, no, thank you. I would like to not battle Royale. It's like, oh, you know that thing that's really in right now? That's all you can do. Because you don't know who I am. But they give you that as an option. They give you a mission as an option that you can run. And then they give you one other thing. And I was like, I'm going to run the mission because, like, that's what I want to do. I want to experience some of the core gameplay. I will say that the demo download was about 24 and a half gigs So it didn't take, like, forever to download, but it was a chunk to put on. The demo said that it started you at level 10, and through the demo weekend, you could get up to level 15. They would let you know that, like, all the embellishment stuff, so, like, the, you know, the in-game crap that you can buy that I don't as yet know if the embellishments actually affect your Anthem suit in any way, shape, or form, or if they're just, you know, cosmetic but they were like, everything that you could buy is just going to cost 25 gold just for the purpose of the demo for the demo weekend, which, you know, leads me to believe that things will have different cost structures when the full game comes out. But I'm like, okay, I didn't find any of those anyway because I was just like, get to this guy, talk to this guy so you can go to do the mission and go to do the mission. So I load up to go to do the mission and... You know, it's a long load screen, but I'm like, I know what this game looks like. So, like, I kind of expected it to be a long load screen. But after about, oh, I would say minute four, I was looking at the progress bar at the top of my screen and seeing that, like, I had less than, like, an inch of the progress bar for it to go. And Mm -hmm. it just seemed like it wasn't moving. That's 
Five minutes later, it still wasn't moving. Huh. Another five minutes after that, it still wasn't moving. I waited for a half hour. Uh, help. And with this loading screen at this point, there's no music playing. There's no image changing. So I thought the game froze. So I'm like, okay. All right. Well, I'll just go back out to my home screen, quit the game. I'll launch it again. So I launch it again. Now, I want to preface this with, I know the issue isn't my bandwidth because I have all of my consoles hardwired into my router. I have Verizon Fios, and I am the the person that pays for the 300 up and down speed. So I did a speed test on my console, and I was pulling down 302, and I was sending up 285. So I knew that the problem wasn't bandwidth. Okay. For my machine. So not you. Not it's me. Not you. I start my Xbox up again. And I start the game up again. And once again, I'm back in the city and it's running no problem. It's like me pick the menu to pick the mission. Once again, I pick the mission. And the loading bar seems to be loading much faster than it did before. And I'm like, okay, cool. I must have just, you know, hit, you know, a hiccup. No big deal. Because I match made pretty quickly. Because you have the option of playing a private game or playing a public game. The game recommends that you play public because that will match make you with two other people. Because, again, they recommend that, hey, Anthem is best played in squad form and not necessarily by yourself. So I'm like, yeah, I want to get the squad experience. I want to find a squad. So, once again, I get to that last inch and nothing happens. Now I'm pissed. I let it sit for another 25 minutes. No progress made whatsoever. Oh. I exit out of the game. I quit the game. Now I go to the internet. And I just see story after story of people having issues, not being able to get into matches. If there are, if they are able to get into matches, everything is laggy or they get booted out. The game unexpectedly quits on them, all this kind of stuff. And then I see just on the Reddit, line after line after line of people getting stuck in what they're calling the infinite loading screen which is the loading screen begins to load when you're trying to run the mission and then gets infinitely stuck and does not complete loading the mission, ever letting you into gameplay. And EA even made an announcement about this by Saturday afternoon because so many people were pissed. You know, the VIP weekend was primarily for people who subscribe to the EA Pass or people who pre-ordered the game. And there were just a bunch of things that were letting and keeping many, many people from being able to actually get into the game. And this was a limited time open play. It was only going to be available until, I think, 5 a.m. on Monday, and they opened it up on the Friday. So you really only had the weekend to really get a taste of what the story and what Anthem was going to be like. And for so many people who this was one of their pre-order bonuses, not being able to get in and play is a big problem. And EA even said, like, you know, first and foremost, you know, we want to say that, you know, we know these are the issues. We play tested a lot of things. A lot of people are trying to say that, you know, we didn't prepare enough servers and that's not the case. We knew that there were going to be a lot of people, so we made sure that we had enough servers to handle the load. And, you know, it's great to hear those words, but we've also heard that before. You know, the the uh, Star Wars game, that's right. Had server yep, I was issues about to say. when it launched. And we heard the same story. 
It's not server balance. It's not server load. We tested it internally. We made sure we had enough. Like, we recovered. That wasn't the issue. It was this. Same thing happened when the first Star Wars game came out. You know, server issues yet again. So I take that all with a grain of salt because I don't think really EA had any real idea of what the server loads were going to be across all the platforms because it's not like we have cross-play and Anthem. So you have PlayStation servers set up and you have Xbox servers set up to carry the game. And I can't remember if it's on Switch or not. I don't think it is. But you have different servers set up for your different platforms, okay? And if you're not paying close attention to your orders and your pre-orders, you don't really have an idea of how many people are going to hit your platform. And many times I think, you know, there's the attrition rate that you think of, of like, okay, but for all these people that, like, got this pre-order, not every single one of them is going to try to play it, like, exactly the same time. So. Uh, what? Right. But, that, but that's one of the things... <laughs> Guys, we're not that You have an attrition rate, okay? Not everybody that pre-orders the game is necessarily going to jump in to your beta weekend, right? Life shit happens. You get sick. You got other things that come up. (laughs) You might not be able to play until the second day of the open beta, right? So you don't buy and set up your server load or test your server load for, okay, what happens is every single person actually tried to get on this thing the moment we opened up the servers. You don't test for that. So strategically, that will probably never happen. Now, if you're smart, it's your backup test. So you can make sure that you have a server load that can handle it just on the, like, unbelievable chance that it could happen that you do that. But the main issue that they're saying was causing issues because in all the tests that they ran on their stuff internally, they weren't seeing these things like the infinite load that they keep saying, you know, it was only... you know, hampering a handful of people. I'm sorry, almost everybody I know, with the exception of three people that were trying to play the game this weekend, all got stuck on the infinite load loop issue. But other people were having issues because for the folks that pre-ordered, there were some entitlements that you got, you know, some free gear and things like that, uh-huh. like they usually do with pre-orders. And basically... Having some of those at this point when you jump into this beta was causing the beta to lock people out because they shouldn't have those things at that point in the game. And so the logic was just off and it was keeping those people from being able to get in because they had those items because they were entitled to have the items because they pre-ordered the game. So it's like just like little checks and balances like that that they didn't check before they launched, which caused a whole bunch of issues. Supposedly they had that fixed. But they I one thing I will give them credit for is they were honest and upfront and they were like, look, like we're trying to figure out and fix this infinite load screen thing. We might not fix it before this beta weekend is out. <laughs> and oh. so that really pissed me off because yeah. I had planned for my segment today to be on Anthem and my hands-on experience with it because we didn't go to E3, so we didn't get to do a hands-on experience with it at E3. So this is going to be my first crack at Anthem. And in all honesty, this first crack was also going to kind of be the, okay, is it crack and do I need it in my life and am I going to pre-order it kind of deal? Because that's, for many of the games that I play, my litmus test. If I have a demo of it or I'm able to play it early through early access, if I have a great experience with it during this period, 
you know, the pre-Golden Master kind of, like, period, that's right. when my brain goes, yeah, if I'm enjoying it this much right here, then I'm going to enjoy it pretty much when the game comes out. So, yeah, I can justifiably pre-order it because I know that I'm not putting good money out for bad, right? Right. Well, I couldn't <laughs> even get in to play a fucking match. I even tried to play one of the free play matches, which Ooh. I don't battle royale. I know you don't. We Infinite all know load. here in the Infinite. land of Ash that you do not do this thing. Infinite load. Couldn't get into it. So I was like, okay, if I can't do the squad thing, then I'll do a private match, right? Because then I shouldn't be matchmaking with anybody. Then it really should just be loading the goddamn game, and at least I can play it by myself and get some experience. Nope. Infinite load screen problem. So across wow. all the battle modes that I could touch, couldn't get into the game. Oh. So needless to say, I did not pre-order Anthem. I did not have a good experience with this beta weekend. Now, weekends like this are are things that you float out there so you can identify issues, so you can fix them before you ship. And I do think that, you know, the timing is really good because at this point of this weekend happening, basically EA and BioWare have a month to figure this shit out and fix it before the game ships. But I have no faith right now that Anthem is going to ship in a workable way. I think you're going to have at least two days when it ships that they're still going to be figuring out this load, infinite load thing, the entitlements thing, and probably server capacitor. Because I don't buy it. I do think that they have a server capacity issue. I don't think because of all the backlash that they got after Andromeda, I don't think EA really thought that they were going to have as many people playing this game moment one as actually tried to play the game moment one. I think they figured at this point Kingdom Hearts 3 would have been out because remember, Kingdom Hearts 3 got pushed back. And so I I I think that they thought that they would be coming out post-Kingdom Hearts 3. So they'd have fewer people trying to jump in on this weekend. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, from from a business standpoint, with the hype and the weight of everyone who's been waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3 to come out, like, I could see why they'd be willing to play that, to, to risk that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think, I think a lot of these gaming companies that, you know, really do one type of game better than the other entities that they may do, like, if they're more like a shooter, sh- cover shooter versus, like, an adventure game or a narrative game that also does, like, puzzlers or whatever like that, like, I don't think... And I mean, I don't work for one, so I don't know. They might have a team that does the statistics and the logistics of this. But, you know, gamers are not generally, and I'm and there's like a little asterisk in my mind when I say generally, it's italicized, y'all. You know, but most of the gamers that I know like a variety of games. So yeah. who's to say that, you know, those hardcore numbers that they're figuring are not also hardcore Kingdom Hearts fans? 
Right, you know? and there, so there, like, is, there is market research that you do. You know, you look at your audience and you go, okay, so this audience, you know, is more apt to play these types of games and this game is coming out. So we, you know, you do. You do projections of, okay, so we think that this is how many people, given what our pool size is and what their interests tend to be, this is, you know, what we feel is safe to say of how much of the audience will probably be distracted by this at the, at the core. And, then, you know, if things go well, we expect that, you know, this much will come back into the pool before the weekend is over and so this is what we you do those projections every single company does that you do those projections especially when you're going to have you know early release period or you're going to have a beta or alpha weekend you know there's a certain number that you allow in to your alpha or your beta to begin with and and again i think that they said we're going to open the floodgates for everybody that pre-ordered and everybody that's got ea pass knowing that this game's going to be out Knowing that this other game is going to be out, we expect attrition of like this much. So we have these servers put in place and we added on these as backup to carry us through should this section that we think has the potential to come back if things are positive about the gameplay into the pool. And so we've got server load to cover all that. And all of our stress testing on server load, we've got what we need to cover this. And everyone went, great. And then Kingdom Hearts got delayed. Right. You I know, think that eight, was I think that was like their Ace downfall, Combat Seven that... came out and that game is dope, but again, I don't think that they had enough attrition pulled off it. So the big thing became Anthem. Like all of a sudden earlier this week, because I knew that this be- this beta weekend, the VIP weekend, was coming because I was emailed by EA all about it often. Okay, but I hadn't seen a lot of press about it. You know, before I know, it has been generally quiet. Now that you say that. Right. Like, I hadn't seen a lot of press about it. It was really kept low-key until some of the bigger pubs this week were like, don't forget, guys, it's like open access at the weekend. So if you haven't got your stuff set up, here's what you need to do in order to be able to get in this weekend because it's for the people who pre-ordered. So if you pre-ordered, boom, make sure you take advantage of it. And if you didn't, if you've got EA Pass, you can get in in there or you can just pre-order and get in. But, like, get in because, like, this is what you need to do. And it's also going to be on PC. It's going to be super dope. And it's super limited. So get your friends. And so I think that ultimately a shit ton more people than was projected tried to jump on board for the weekend and the servers weren't ready for it. And that's what made the entitlements thing exacerbated. That's what made the load time thing exacerbated because there were just so many of us trying to get it. Like, even when I was downloading the game, usually when I am getting a game digitally on my system, because, again, I have nice pipe. I don't have great pipe. I have nice pipe. But typically, when I'm grabbing... Oh, you have pipe that, like, a girl would, like, talk to her mom, like, hey, it's good. Yeah. I got that kind of pipe, right? Okay, okay. And so, typically, when I download a game, I tend to average about 110 to 115 down, downloading the game. So, they, they... they download pretty snappily on my connection, which is really nice. I started downloading Anthem a little bit after midnight on Friday. It was downloading at 24 meg at the highest. Okay, and so that's a limitation of the server sending. And originally I told my husband, I was like, yeah, so our network has gone to shit right now. I'm, I was like, I guess we have machines backing up because I cloud back up a couple of my production machines. And he looked at me and he's like, there's nothing wrong with our network. And I was like, mm, 
I'm bitching them all the time for slowing down the network. And <laughs> when the cloud backups are happening. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to do something else while this takes its sweet ass time to download. And finally it downloaded. And by the time it finished, I was ready to go to bed. So I'm like, Meh, I'll pay it the next day. Went to bed. Not thinking that that was indicative of the servers having issues. Uh, issues. But it right. did. So I can't really talk about Anthem from a hands-on perspective because I didn't actually get to go hands-on with it other than to walk my character up to my Anthem, jump in my suit, and then be presented with an infinite load screen. So I wish I could tell you what I think about Anthem. I wish I could tell you, you know, what my experience was like, how much I enjoyed going pew, 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 pew from my robotic suit and flying in the air and working in a squad to take down enemies and blow them up in this beautiful, lush environment that's just as otherworldly. But I didn't get to have that experience, so I can't talk about that experience. And who knows, I might not talk about it in February because I might not get the game until March when they've actually ironed out all their fucking bugs. But I don't really have an opinion about it. No, you clearly you clearly don't. Nah. Anyway, that's what I had to put on the table. How about I mean, you? I mean, that was a lot. So, okay. I'm glad that you were able to purge that from your gamer soul. That was good. <laughs> yeah, good I just had to get healing. it out. I just, now I can heal. You can heal now. So, I... I think I talked about this last week a little bit. Or was it the week before? Sometimes Who our knows? Weeks, our weeks slightly blend in my mind, like, a lot. Mm. But I think I talked about how RE2 was coming out, the, the remake of RE2 was coming out, and how there was the 30-minute play demo one-shot the that one shot. came out. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, because I asked you if you'd actually done the one shot or not i I, ha- I had downloaded it before show so mm-hmm. i had it and then i played it so mm-hmm. i was on board so of course i bought it because re girl right here yeah for life yeah. yeah i played seven come at me bro <laughs> no no that's cool that's cool i i know I, I played I the one i'm not that gonna the, at you because you know i am straight chicken I, shit when it I comes played, to those kind of games i played the one that the six looked like a man Getting, getting, I mean, uh, a Yo, and I, and I brought six because you were like, this is the one for you to play and I'll teach you how to play. And I think you came over and for 15 minutes we were in the <laughs> game and you got frustrated with me. You were like, this isn't for you and turned it off. <laughs> no, no, but I'm just yes, saying. Yes, you did. Yes, I did. you did. No, no, I'm not saying I didn't do that. Okay. I did do that. Yeah. You first want to tell you, yeah, like if you, if you can't. If you can't ascend to the level that I need you, we got to find something else we can do. Maybe we can also, do a puzzle. Can we, can we also Maybe admit, we can color. Can we also admit that you are not a very good backseat driver when it comes to games because you describe things like shit? Okay, so... Because you kept being like, on your left, on your left. And I looked left and you're like, no, no, your other left. I'm like, you mean right? And then I would die. I'm not... Okay, but, so, so stop. Stop sign. Octagon. I think <laughs> stop signs are octagons. Stop sign, or is it a pentagon? I don't know. Stop sign. Yes, I admit on has eight sides. I'm not great one with directions mm-hmm. <laughs> in general. Mm-hmm. Two, I am not the best backseat gamer. Also true. That, willing that's why I'm to, asking if we can admit that. Willing to own that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a bit. I feel like there's a butt coming in your statement. No, 
Okay. Because I because this is 2019. I'm an adult now. I can admit that I have flaws and that I'm not a diamond. Don't even get started on that Steven Universe finale, y'all. Mm. Okay. But anyway. Get thing because we might have to talk about that. But yeah, okay. So I admit I was kind of a gamer fuckboy for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. And I have some bad gamer boy ha- fuckboy habits. I appreciate you being honest and bringing those to the table. And I am. So I will. the first step I, is ownership. That's right. Got to acknowledge that there's a problem before you can address the problem Correct. and then fix the problem and then not Correct. have the problem no more. Correct. Because you reach resolution. I mean, also, I feel like I also now live in a situation where I have a, <laughs> a very opinionated backseat gamer, gamer who judges everything that I do. Mm. My, my husband. Mm. Anyway, so... Mm-hmm. So now I've seen my the error of my ways through the lenses of another. <laughs> <laughs> Which apparently that's all I need. I just need to look at a mirror <laughs> to figure shit out. But anyway, so I got RE2, the yep. remake. Resident Evil 2. Just Resident the... Evil 2, Biohazard 2. However you want to call it, RE2. And I mean... I think a lot of people have been playing up the whole joke of, I think people have been going, going back to speed runs of the original and being okay. like, ha ha, is this the new game? The graphics are shit. Ha 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 I don't think I talked about really the story of RE2 when I talked about the one shot, because literally it's only like the first, well, I mean, depending on how far you get, you only get 30 minutes in one shot and you're essentially coming in as either Leon Kennedy or Claire coming into Raccoon City that has been infested by the T-Virus. But I don't think I actually talked about, like, the whole plot of what will happen in the whole no, game. No, no, we, I mean, we didn't talk about the plot, and we did, we really just talked about the mechanics and the uprising right. and the hopes that right. you had for... For it. And mm-hmm. I mean, I am thoroughly impressed because, I mean, this game, you know, the original, you know, Resident Evil and then Resident Evil 2... I mean, in all honesty, I mean, I kind of have to also say Resident Evil 3 in this case, even though we know I have my issues with 3, that I was worried at first that they weren't going to take any new narrative direction and they were really just going to up it. They made some of the controls clean, but I was worried that, like, it would take some good pages from RE4, take some really good uh, visual cues from RE7, but I was worried that we would lose the nuance that the original RE2 gave us back in 1998. So for some of y'all, you weren't bored in 1998. It was a hopping time. I was in middle school. <laughs> so like, if you were in middle school now, you weren't even thought of. And that's okay. Just so you know. But 1998 was bumping. Okay? Like, I enjoyed 1998. But anyway... Um, it was a good so, time. Some of it us was got a good married. Time. I mean, for those who were older, I bet it was even more awesome. But I just would remember putting Resident Evil 2 Claire's disc because it was multiple discs back then. We didn't have all this space. We didn't really understand memory and RAM and all the shit we know now back then. You said discs so, on discs on discs. Discs. You were like, oh man, two discs, double the game. Sort yep, of. That's and legit. This- like You're like, I got two games. You know, and then later on, you get you get games like Lost Odyssey, that's five, and you're like, fuck, kill me now. 
I remember your face, but you also had so much excitement. I did, but I also like narrative, so I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) I'll stare at my giant-ass TV, but anyway, I digress. But I wanted to talk a little bit more about the story of RE2, because yes, this is a remake, but I mean, all of those plot points that really made RE2 amazing, they found a way to breathe new life into them. Which I was like, fuck. Like, I thought we were going to hit all the same notes, just prettier. Which, I mean, I'm also okay with. But I was like, what more will you bring? Like, what else can be brought to this already established cult? And and I shouldn't say cult classic, because there's a lot of people who enjoy Resident Evil. But I always feel like I don't meet a bunch of them at the same time. It's always like one or two. So I always feel like it's the best kept secret. Kind of like Ash. Great Mm -hmm. segue there, Panda. Uh, anyway, good job, good job, gold star for you. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I have been making my way through it. I'm not very far yet because one, I'm just impressed with the narrative tone. Because I mean, if you look at 1998's version compared to 2019's version, you know there is definitely a big tonal shift. And I mean, it's just how I think so? just. How so, so? Because so, you should establish what the tone was and okay. now how it's different. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like For those of us of who fe- didn't play it and the, also will not ever play it. Like, the element of fear and suspense are still very much prevalent between the RE of yesteryear and the new hotness that has just recently dropped. However, you know, with the limitations of graphics and the limit of capabilities that the PS2 had at the time, you know... There was fixed cameras. So, like, you would see one angle from one room. So, eventually, as you're going through the layout in 1998's version, as an adult, I should say, because as, you know, a young middle schooler, I thought this was the scariest thing on the planet. But going back and seeing the layout now, being the gamer that I am now, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like, well, one, I know that the camera can't really move, so they're clearly going to put the baddies in the places that I can't see make me feel that that false sense of security that makes me think I could just run through this area and be safe. Like, they staged it in a way, you know, they used that fixed camera to their advantage in 1998. Okay. And now, with the capabilities that we have now, you know, because you have, you have third-person over-the-shoulder camera access in this game. I also think you have first-person in this, but n- fuck no. Fuck no with a hard hat. <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't need that. I need to not think it's me in danger. I have to think that I am manipulating some random entity to their demise. Because as soon as I feel like it's me, well, then I would stop playing games. Understood. (laughs) Like, I will put other people in danger, but I will not put myself in danger. I will co-sign that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I will... Anyway, while they wanted to play homage to the fact that, you know, they're coming from humble beginnings in survival horror and abilities, like, they still purposely place those cameras before, you know, the player can manipulate them to give you that sense of, oh, there's still this sense of dread. Like, it's just more sophisticated, in my opinion. Maybe that's it. I'm just seeing a, we're seeing a team attack this with more sophistication and obviously have having more resources behind them to really ins- make the situation, which is, you know, here is this town, Raccoon City, infested with zombies that have been people who've been infected by this virus, the T-virus, which was made by this pharmaceutical company, Umbrella, 
which I'm so glad in real life we don't have a pharmaceutical company called Umbrella. Probably pretty smart to to not do that. And literally in, in the game... You had your two characters. You had Leon Kennedy, who was a rookie, by the way. I didn't. I don't think I stipulated this in uh, when I talked about one shot, but it's literally his first day on the job in Resident Evil Two. And so you have him. Welcome sh- to Zombie Town. Showing showing up to Raccoon City, which is infested with zombies. He's trying to get to the Raccoon Police Station. You know the RPD. And then on the other side, you have Rare uh, Claire Redfield, who is a college student. So like she like maybe nineteen, maybe twenty, like not even maybe even eighteen, and she's just trying to find her brother. And and granted, if you're if you're a part of the RE universe, you clearly understand that. Literally, it's from this jumping off point. This is where Claire decides, you know what? I want to be a force for good. After everything I've been through, I'm now going to, like, super train to become, like, this elite fighting lady and be a part of this elite group with my brother. I don't... Now that I think about it, I think Claire and Chris have a really weird relationship. No. Now. No. <laughs> now that I think back about it, I'm like, it's like... Big brother, <laughs> like there's right. a big brother complex. Maybe it just I don't know. Is hitting you now? Like there's so much fan fiction I could write, but you know I'm mm. an adult now. I need to pump my brakes and be humble. But <laughs> anyway, so Claire had gotten some indication that Chris was somewhere in Raccoon City, so that's why she goes to Raccoon City, right? So mm-hmm. here are these two people who do not know each other because Claire. Claire and and Leon do not know each other, but they do end up encountering each other, or at least as the 1998 version kind of stipulated through their gameplay that while they're not aware of each other, the things that they are doing in the space are affecting each other as they, you know, as they, you know, travel through the dilapidated Raccoon City and they uncover more things about Umbrella and then they and they find out that Umbrella is not only, you know, doing all this crazy shit to Raccoon City, but that, you know, some of the government in Raccoon City is allowing it to happen. Because, you know, when a big company is like, hey, I'll give you all this money if you, like, give me that weird dilapidated farmhouse that's, like, two miles out of town. And you're like, hey, I got potholes well, that need filling. We we have a few millions if you'll just look the other way for a couple hey, of weeks. Like, hey, there's a mansion on the outskirts of Raccoon City. We know the dude who owned it. I mean, he died of mysterious circumstances. So, like, we want to liquidate his assets. Here's, like, $2 billion. Just don't ever go near that house. And then, oh, if you hear gunshot, like, yeah, just, just turn just, the other head. Just look the other way. Here's here's some Toll House cookies. Don't they smell nice? Mm, Waffy, waffy. walnuts in them for you. Go go about the other way. And um and as you're playing through RE2, you find out that the the police chief of Raccoon City has been allowing Umbrella to do shit for money and for silence until you know all of a sudden he wakes up from his nap. And he finds out his whole town is essentially zombies. And those who aren't zombies are very quick to become zombies in the course of... I don't even exactly... I can't even honestly tell you how long the events of RE2 are. Because, I mean, if you're a speedrunner, you can get this done in, like, two hours. So, like, this game this game could take the course of, like, a week. And it, and it doesn't feel like it. I feel like now, in this newer form... I really do love the pacing and this direction. 
And I mean, zombies are kind of like pretty much like Toll Zombies are kind of like Toll Toll House cookies now. Like they're kind of a common staple in a lot of mediums now. Do you just want Toll House cookies? I think I just want to eat, but (laughs) (laughs) I just want the action of eating. No, but I'm just saying like zombies have kind of, they've lost their sense of, their real sense of danger. Okay. Like as, as a horror staple, because now you could put zombies in anything. Hey, you want to have Romeo and Juliet with zombies? Bam. Here you go. It's called Warm Bodies. Like movie's great though. I actually really enjoyed that movie, but that's neither the, that's neither here or there. That's a totally different show. But I'm just saying, like, they have found ways to make zombies less threatening mm-hmm. now. And yep. I mean, now, and, and they don't even use, like, like to use zombie anymore. But, now but it's you, Walker or Runner you, or Spitter or... But I think, I think part of that is just because, you know, they've almost become normalized in a way because they're being used in so many things now. You know, whereas when the game originally came out, literally you you just had your you had your staple zombie comics, you had your staple zombie movies. Like they were still like the hot new it monster in horror lane. Everyone's right. trying to get in bed with zombie. Right. But now, but now you have so many different things. You know, you have your warm bodies of the world, yeah. and you have your Walking Dead's, and you have. I mean, and now you know, in the real world, you have your your zombie five Ks, which I mean, you don't actually run because I mean, I mean, I don't do. 5Ks, actually, I shouldn't. So. I actually shouldn't say that because there's a lot of there's several Reddit threads that I am in horrible debates with. <laughs> because in my mind, if when you're undead, you don't have the muscles. As your the muscles in your body deteriorate, you wouldn't be able to run. So therefore, you are not a zombie if you can run. You're just somewhere mutation of set. But whatever. That is also a totally different show. Getting back to the game and your getting experience with it. Getting back to the it. game. Getting back to the game. They have found a way to really elevate and bring and bring us back to a point where you know these unknown entities these zombies cuz they're zombies are scary are scary and are meant to be feared and there's a reason and like I dig it like I mean I have played so many hours of Resident Evil 2 especially back like in 1998 all the things that I, you know, from that nostalgia part of my brain, that's like, okay, I remember, I remember what happens when I'm in the police station. These beats are going to happen. And granted, they do happen in this new version, but they don't happen with the same stakes involved mm-hmm. and with, and not with the same, you know, narrative tonally, like the narrative tone is completely shifted to a far more serious, sinister thing, which has caused me even as a veteran seasoned player of the franchise to go, whoa, not going to go in there bullet bullets blazing this time. Mm-hmm. Even, even though it's like, Oh, this is where like the liquor is going to show up and the liquor does show up, but doesn't exactly show up the way my nostalgia memories remember okay. the liquor showing up. Mm-hmm. Once again, liquors can, can suck ass. Like, <laughs> I didn't like liquors in 1998, and I certainly don't like them now. (laughs) Like, I thought they were gross and terrifying back then in their pixelated state. So now in the RE engine that we've seen come out of 7, they're even far more gross, and they they have far more abilities in their movement than they did then. Mm -hmm. So it's like, fuck me. But it's like, (laughs) but it's like, it's like a good fuck. (laughs) 
like not a bad one, like a good one, but you're like, uh-huh. damn it. Like I wanted to be like the, you know, the the king you on the hill. The boss. Mm-hmm. I want to be the king on the hill because this is like my franchise, but my friend tra- my franchise is like, "Hey, we appreciate that you know this, but you don't know this." Like right. this this is this is RE2 after a Princess Diaries makeover and it's like the picture of old RE2 and the and like the new well, one. It's it's like legit almost a 10-year challenge, right? It's like right. this is it, what you exactly. thought it was. That's exactly but... what it is. And like, but you have like your before and then your marginally better before and then like the super grand reveal and you're like, oh man, you have had a glow up and I'm all about it. Okay. So, so so here's the question that I have then to wrap it all up because you are a seasoned person, at least for our team when it comes to RE, right? Yeah. In the whole environment. Yeah. Would you say that if I had not played Resident Evil... Back in nineteen ninety eight. Yep. Okay. If I hadn't touched it, okay, would this Resident Evil be a good place to start? So, so here's what I'll say to that. Okay. Because I mean, we've as I think I talked as I said during um, when I talked about the one shot is that Capcom has been going back and has been upresing older mm-hmm. versions because we actually got an upres of the original Resident Evil in the yep. same engine as seven. Yep. So. I actually honestly feel like in terms of the narrative, and I mean, I'm a narrative junkie, like I would, I would probably just encourage that you went and played one, the rev, the, the remake of one that they did, the up uh-huh. rev first. Okay. But if you jumped into RE2, the remake now, it still rings true to canon, narrative, so it wouldn't necessarily direction. be a bad start. Point. It it wouldn't be, and I mean, in all honesty, remember, I didn't play the I didn't play Resident Evil in order. I played mm-hmm. two first, and then went back to one. Gotcha. And then went okay, one, two, three. What the fuck happened in three? What the fuck, Jill? Then four. Oh my god, we're back at it again. Leon in the glow up. Well, I mean, I wasn't saying glow up back then, but mm, Leon in that leather jacket though. <laughs> And then five, hey, we in Africa, about time. Oh, wait, we have a black character who's shooting black people who have turned into zombies. You know, but you could also play mm-hmm. the white dude, but maybe maybe you shouldn't. If you're going to take out <laughs> brown folks, let's just, let's have Look, a brown any, folk. Any who, way you do this, it's not good, right? It's not good. It's, it's like, either hey, black on black crime or. Or, or, you're a, or you're a black token who's like, I'm down to slaughter my people. Right. Or right. you're it, the white guy slaughtering the it, brown people. Like any way you slice it. There was there was no way to clean that pie. There was no way. But I was one glad to see representation on both sides because yes. at the same time, like if we had just had, you know, Sheva showing up from the BSAA, like somewhere in Colorado shooting white people, I'd be like, Hold up. Who this hold, hold up. <laughs> right. Like I'm glad that they won set a story in in a region that we hadn't seen. Right. I was very appreciative of that. Uh-huh. Representation also good. Okay. Uh-huh. There were steps made in a in a direction right. that could be progressive. That's uh-huh. good. However, dot dot dot, you know, we haven't seen Sheva since then. Right. Like, come on. Like, she could go other places. You could put her in China. Right. She could go to Japan. She could go to Australia. Yo, like, 
the you don't have to make specified POCs for their general regions because we've had Ada Wong in the Ari universe for years. You know, right. teasing, teasing freaking Leon, which, by the way, I've also kind of appreciated that this whole time in the universe, we had our super spy, Ada Wong, who clearly could clean up all of the mess. Like, she got, she got the in. She Word. got the shit. Uh-huh. She's a super spy. She mm-hmm. could do it. Mm-hmm. But she has her, like, her superiors are just like, nah, Ada, our, our regular police forces can handle this. And I literally feel like if I went back through the games of every time Ada Wong came into something, I feel like she possibly instigated to cause something to happen to make Leon and or Chris or anyone that she encountered have to fix it. She's like, I mean, if I can't do it, if I can't do it, I will just set shit up so that other people can do it so we can get this shit done. Because I feel like if they had just set Ada Wong on it, it'd be all done Wesker but, would probably you would, have never made. And you wouldn't have a franchise, right? That's that's what. But do, then you don't make somebody superhuman. You don't make someone super awesome, and then be like, "By the way, we can't use you for that. We just need you for your intel." Bull fucking shit. We could have sent Ada Wong in to find out, deal with Ikeda and Isis. Boom, it'd be done. But do you have any feelings about that? I mean, yeah, and I and I'm also mad that Ada's never had her own spinoff, her own standalone because. Okay. Leon Kennedy, while awesome, I'm sorry, I have to say this. Leon is awesome. Totally going to say that. But you know who's behind Leon? It's fucking Ada. And I'm done. Okay. All right. (laughs) I have feelings about this. I know you have feelings. (laughs) And and you know what? We've got plenty, plenty of other podcast episodes to talk about this on. So we're going to call it a wrap for this one. We'll save the Steven Universe conversation until next week. So that gives you one more week to get all caught up before Spoilerlicious rears her head. I mean, we know she's showing up. She's showing up. You said barbecue. She said, I'll be there. Yeah. So you have one more week to get caught (laughs) up before Spoilerlicious hits the seat. Get it in. Scene. So, like, make that happen. And also, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure that you subscribe to our show. You can do so right from our website, electricsisterhood.com. The links are right on the homepage to do so. You can also get our RSS feed to put into your favorite RSS reader. But you can get our podcast through iTunes, either on the desktop or through the podcast application on your iOS device by searching for the Eshcast and subscribing. You can also find our show on Stitcher Radio, on Google Play, and on vognetwork.com, as well as some other great shows to listen to around all of geekdom, from Star Trek to anime, manga, and more. Definitely make sure that you're checking out all of the great content from all of the team over at vognetwork.com. And check out all the stuff that our team is making, because we are just part of a great group of content creators who are just as nerdy as you are. So please make sure that you check out b3crew.com and our homie King Baby Duck, host of the No Borders, No Race podcast, doing some great manga, anime, and indie artist reviews and previews, even teaching you a little bit of Japanese during his show. Again, you can find at B3Crew.com. Our homie, Hamsterman2049, streaming live on Twitch every week, playing new games and old right on his feed. You can jump into chat, be part of that, get your emotes on and more. Make sure that you check out his site, SmashedRook.com, to find out what time he's going to be playing and what game he's going to be playing so you can be part of that experience. One of my more favorite humans on the planet, Phil. 
Phil the Issues Guy with Phil's Recap and Review. You can check out all of his content over on YouTube. Hit up his archive on his site, issuesprogram.com, and even catch him doing some really cool, fun stuff over on his Twitch channel, which you can get the link to right on his site, as I said, issuesprogram.com. And last but certainly not least, the homies over at nerdcrave.com, keeping you up to date with all the stuff that nerds crave, whether it's comic books or anime, manga, movies, TV, or more. If it's nerdy at all, the nerds over at nerdcrave.com are chatting it up. So with that, it's time to wrap this one up and call it a day. As always, I am Ninja Sista. And I'm Pandalicious. Until next time, folks. Titties.